What's up, y'all? You're listening to The Goat Rodeo, a podcast about how to do life, family, travel, and small business all on your own terms. Let's get to it. Um, so the first thing I want to know is like, is I want, I want you to tell me a rejection story. So tell me, tell me something that's happened in your business um, or in your personal life that was like, when it happened, it felt like, like what we were talking about last week, where it was just like, they didn't want you and you didn't matter or something like that. It felt at the time, like felt really huge. Mm. Um, <clears throat> man, there's so many. isn't that funny like i think it was like i knew that i knew telling you something like that would probably be like you get over it dude i mean it's happened like it's happened so many thousands of times that you don't even take it in the same way now but i know early on there were probably ones or even maybe as you progressed that you didn't expect it here's the problem Early on, there were rejections, but I, they were expected rejections, right? Because you're like, whatever, I'm new at this, and I and I have no clout, and I have no nothing, you know, I, I, have, <laughs> I haven't put in the time yet, you know? So yeah. that's fine. Those rejections are fine. Um, this is going to sound weird, but uh, about, I don't remember how long ago it was. Maybe it was about two years ago. I had applied for um, a small business program. Um, through Goldman Sachs slash Tory Burch Foundation. Now, Tory Burch runs this um, program for women entrepreneurs to help them really amplify their business and make a difference in the world. And I convinced myself, like, I was 100% right for this project. Like, right. <laughs> like, if you could write, you know, a story, it would be my story. And I yeah. was 100% right. And I didn't get into the program. And like, I'm all about manifesting. And, you know, I like pictured myself sitting in the program and I felt the feels and I did the whole thing. And I got rejected and I, I was mad. I was really mad. I like cried yeah. about it, which is weird. I'm not really a crier, but I was like, I had a moment <laughs> of like, wow, I'm, re- I feel really super rejected right now. Because yeah. who is more qualified than me to be sitting at like, right. and then when I say more qualified, what I mean is more messed up, right? Because you have to, <laughs> right. You start justifying it. Right. Well, I mean like, you know, it's not a program for people that are uber successful. It's a program for people that need help. Being need help. <laughs> I was like, who's more messed up than I am? Like, I need that help, you know? I really need help. Right. Like really badly. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's, Hilarious. there's been multiple times since then that I look back and say, you know what? I'm really glad that I didn't get into that program. First of all, right after I got into the program, one of my family members got super ill and I was by his side through every Mm. moment of it. So I wouldn't have been able to do that had I gotten into the program. So I just really remember that, you know, I don't know, the universe has a different plan for us sometimes and it sees the bigger picture, the picture we don't know, you know? So I also said to you, I think it was, did I say to you or somebody else that I just don't believe in failure? So I think that um, that's part of it also that, you know, things are just part of a bigger picture. They prepare you for other things. And so, okay, now I can look back and go, all right, I didn't get into the program. But at the moment, I really did feel super rejected. I mean, I looked yeah. cute. My interview was great. I was like, oh, <laughs> so much so that I like got, I like took it personally that like I stopped following Tori Birch on Instagram. I was like, I can't even see her name right now. Like I was so <laughs> That dude, I think those are the ones that hurt the worst, right? Are the ones that are more so expected. 
right? Because yeah. I, I think the same thing, like when I was when I was young in the business and like I'd apply to help out at something or I'd apply to teach at something, it's like it, it always hurts because it, some part of it feels like they're saying no to you. Right. Um, but like the ones where you're like, oh, this is a shoe in, like I'm 100% going back to speak at that conference. Like there's no way I would. And then you get the, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. And what, you know, like what else do I believe that's not true? Right. But you know, this is also the other thing that, that, um, I didn't say to you that is true that oftentimes these conferences, you can look at it as a rejection, but oftentimes they try to get different speakers every year. So you might apply two years in a row and they might say to you, you know what? You uh-huh. were great last year, but we don't want you this year because you were great and everybody went to go see you and we want something different this year. And that's right. Well, and that's, okay. and that's where you get in that weird, like it totally depends on what value you assign to it because it doesn't have its own like inherent value, mm-hmm. you know? And just like you said, like your first thoughts, like immediately start going to this, like blaming or complaining or like, how could they not pick me when like, I don't like assuming that you should have been picked may be the first mistake, right? Of course. Because like you said, there's some beautiful things that can happen because you didn't get into the program. Right. You know, the, yeah. I just am a believer that the universe has, um, <clears throat> has a, you know, you can manifest something, right? I can manifest bigger business or uh, I can say, you know, I, in this program, I like I put myself in this place where I was like, this program is going to lead to X, Y, Z. Well, maybe yeah. X, Y, Z will still happen, but the universe is just saying, this is just not the right way. And you don't know it right, right now, but I right. do. So I'm going to push right. you away from that. Yeah. Tony Robbins talks about that with like the focus feelings and follow through is like your focus, your focus in the story, like the same story is like, you can literally see two separate things depending on what part of it you focus on, but what part you focus on, then you have to dictate how you feel about that. And that's the part I think we usually start in the middle. We usually start with like, how do I feel about it? Not what am I focusing on? Um, And choosing that part and choosing how you feel about it is like, it's just hard though. It's like, especially in the middle of a rejection, you know, that's like, but it's, I think that's the thing that's crazy to remember is like everybody at every aspect and every level of life is getting rejection. And, and you think that what you're facing, you feel like for some reason, like it's the biggest thing that's happening in the world, but then things like, you know, what we're going through right now with the virus stuff happens and it's like, Oh, it's not really that big of a deal. Right. But that perspective. Yeah. Just, just remember, I feel like for me, I have to, maybe I'm just morbid. like that. <laughs> like I have to be like, somebody else has it worse. Like there's worse things that are happening right now. Right. Well, and, listen, I, and I'm like, you're above ground right now, which yeah, is like, right. I am for most of us at the moment, right? We are yeah. in war being attacked from every angle. And so if you're above ground, you're better than most. It's a winning day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my second question is, is what's a hidden talent that you have? <laughs> what's something that you can do that people don't know that you can do? Oh, that they don't know I can do. Uh, can you, I, I just wrote down four things that are like common. Like, can you whistle? I can whistle, but I can't do like the New York city, like, like taxi cab whistle. Thank God for Uber. I I can't do that. that. And it's annoying. Can you whistle well? Can you like whistle a tune? Like whistle happy birthday? I'm not musically talented. I'm, I'm just not. I'm like a, like a really freakishly good whistler. Can I hear my grandpa? What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you can do like the whole like Mary Poppins. Like, yeah, like I can whistle, <laughs> I can whistle in or out, like. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. But my grandpa, I remember my grandpa used to be in the bar, and he would always be like. Yeah, I, I know. Like, I'm happy if I catch a cab. <laughs> but you can make the noise with your lips. I can whistle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you do like a? Yes. Okay. 
That's the most essential one, I think. <laughs> yes, correct. Um, yeah, a, a talent that I have. Um, can you snap fun or like roll your tongue in a weird way? Or no, my, can you my, can you roll your tongue? I can, but my can big, you do any other ones? My biggest talent like, is really in my eyebrow, but that's a known talent. It's like a your left eyebrow. Yeah, I get a lot of comments about my eyebrow. It's probably but it's kind of permanently there. It's not like a surprise thing. No, oh, I can't control it. So when I start talking about it, it makes it like <laughs> this is my it's resting rough. eyebrow face. <laughs> Resting. <laughs> you have an R E F. I do, but here's the thing. I'm not into, like uh, I'm. I get most of my interaction is done on Instagram these days, and I get probably I don't know. Let's say I'm. I'm taking a guess. 100 messages a day. Probably most of them are just about like interacting with my stories or whatnot. Some of them are about breast cancer and a photography. Yeah. The majority of the rest of them are about my eyebrow. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> it's such a weird, like, I've never, I mean, I've known you for like 10 years and I've never thought about the fact that your left eyebrow really does like always kind of. Yeah. I mean, you could be a pirate. Maybe, I maybe that's what it is. Yeah. So that, <laughs> but it's not really a hidden talent because it's on my face. So, um, <laughs> can you wiggle your ears? No, I'm really not that talented, Chad. Sorry. Well, these aren't, ta- I don't know that these considered <laughs> talents. They're like weird talents. I am artistic. It turns out that I can um, draw on rocks pretty well. That's what I've been doing to keep my Dude, your drawing you posted today was amazing. Yeah, thanks. Like I can do that. Um, uh, can you sing? No. no. No? Can't keep a tune or like can't sing you well? You will never hear me sing. Uh, can I, can you sing happy birthday? No. And by the way, here's another thing. Happy birthday is my least favorite song in the entire world. Do you know when I was a kid, I used to cry when people <laughs> sang it. And to this day, I hate it. Like we have to have a, what if we sing it in Spanish? No, I have it, to, no? Have, <laughs> same to me. There's like a PTSD involved in it for me somehow. I don't know. Something must've happened when I was a kid, but I'm I, guessing to this day, it, it bothers me so much that my friends will literally get them to sing happy birthday to me I'll, often because they know it bothers me so much, even if it's not my birthday. That's how you know you have real friends is when they'll do things that piss you off on purpose. <laughs> right. Exactly. You're like, what's that thing that bothers Jen? Let's do that. Yes. <laughs> um, can you snap your fingers? I can. Can you snap multiple fingers or just the first one? Oh, I don't. You always do this one. Do you snap down onto your finger tips? What? Or do you, well, like it makes a louder noise if you snap it down onto like I've on top of the other finger. And I don't think I can do it. Wow. Can I'm feeling that? really untalented right now. No, it's just, I, I, these are the things that you do when you're a dork and you have no friends is you learn how to sing. Here's what I tell people all the time. Everybody's like, Oh, John Mayer is so awesome. I'm like, you know who, you know, who makes amazing artists are people who everybody in high school hated. Or like right, right, did right. not hang out with because that's how you get that good a guitar is that you don't have friends right. and you play guitar for six and eight hours. Stay a day. Home. <laughs> so, so listen, if you want to be an amazing artist when you're older and have things that people are like, oh, you're so talented, just be a dork in high school, like a total dork. Okay, I mean, I did that, but I still am not sure I'm that talented. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, you got the eyebrow thing. <laughs> <laughs> I used to make you got jewelry. That. I had a jewelry business for a long time. I'm pretty much what kind like, of jewelry? like sterling silver. I used to like hand forge metal jewelry and stuff. But I, hand I just think I'm, I'm, I'm just more artistically creative than I am um, musically talented. And yeah, are you? Do you have any weird math things? 
Like you, are you did, are you good with numbers? Uh, I used to be really good with numbers and I used yeah. to be, I used to have like a, um, I, I can't even remember what it's called. Listen to me. You're going to laugh when I tell you, I used to have a photographic memory. So like in high school uh, or college, I could just like, instead of studying, I could just take my notes and rewrite them. And then I could see where remember the my notes were. So I never yeah. really had to like study, study, but I could, if I just like rewrote the notes, I would know. Yeah. I, I'm similar in that way. It's like, I learned how to remember by writing things down. And like one of the things we had to, I went to Bible college. Like one of the things we had to do in one of my classes was like memorize the entire first chapter of John. And we had to write it out like word for word yeah. and you had, and it was a certain version. So like you got, you got taken off for like every single word you missed. Yeah. And like out of the entire first chapter, I missed four words. Wow. Yes, yeah, which I was think crazy because I don't remember it now. I think that that's probably also like what draws us to photography, right? It's like, <laughs> Yeah. It's like that visual of like an experience, like having the visual yeah. of the experience helps you remember it and, and yeah. all that. So yeah. <clears throat> I think it's an interesting thing and we can talk more about that as is this next question is kind of like is what are what are some things in your life um where photography has played a necessary part? Um either something that like helped you heal or brought you peace or like gave you hope. Um and how are photos connected to that for you? I mean, that this question is made for me as, as untalented as I feel after the last question, this question's mine, you know, there you like, I, Slam dunk. I wanted to, I wanted to softball you. Yeah. Thank you. I only, <laughs> I only reason I am a photographer is because of the fact that I needed healing. I mean, you know, I, in 2008, I was, um, I'll tell, I'll shorten the story a lot, but if anybody wants to hear the full story, it's, it's at generalism.com. But um, the, the reason I started in photography was as a distraction from a difficult time in my life. We were trying to have another mm -hmm. baby and I was having all sorts of complications and surgeries and life threatening things. And it was a, it was a really crazy time. And I'm not, you know, like a, I'm not a negative Nancy, but that period of time was really difficult. I felt myself isolating and, yeah. you know, I just, I didn't know what to do with myself and I couldn't, it's, it's, it's very similar to kind of what's happening right now, right? Like you can sit around and feel bad for yourself or you can say, all right, I need a distraction and, and do something with my time that's going to be valuable. So I taught yeah. myself photography and it helped me because when I started working with women, I realized like all women go through stuff. All women, mm. um, you know, a woman can look to you or to me gorgeous from the outside, perfect body, perfect hair, great smile, successful career, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever. Great eyebrows. Yeah. Right. It could, <laughs> a woman could look any, like anything. And, yeah. but it doesn't matter. There's, there's so much going on in everybody's life. We struggle with things that are visible and non-visible. Um, yeah. and you know, very rarely talk about it. And so, once I started developing these relationships, these really close, intimate relationships with these women that I was photographing, I was like, wow, I'm not alone in all the things I'm going through. And that really helped give a healing energy, like a back and forth healing energy. And it happened again when I got breast cancer. And yeah. you know, I used the camera for selfies and to spread my, mes my message and my mission about breast cancer and what it really looks like. I mean, I posted a picture after my last surgery that was... Um, pretty graphic about, you know, what my body looked like after surgery and, and just being able to create something bigger than myself with my camera, yeah. you know, cause it wasn't about me and my body. It was about like, let me show you what this really looks like. Cause nobody's really showing you what it looks like. Yeah. 
And I think that's a, it's an interesting thing that the, like the arts in general, I feel like people just naturally connect in this way to arts. You know what I mean? Whether it's music or whether it's paintings or the theater is like, there's some kind of like other level that gets to people. Right. But I think what it gets to is something personal for them, you know, and, uh, and identifying that I think as artists, one of the things that we can do to help people is like, is helping them identify that that's what it is it's not that your photos matter, right? It's not that what your body looked like mattered. Mm -hmm. It's that sharing those things connected to something personal for them. Mm -hmm. And they could say like, I understand her because she understands what I'm going through and that's important to me. And then the photos become like a part of that rather than like the focal piece, right? A hundred percent. So I just wanted to kind of ask about um, the photography part of that is like, is, did you feel like in those moments that like photography was like a luxury that you could have for that or like that they became part of like a necessity for your life? Uh, no, it was a necessity for me because yeah. um, first of all, it's the same thing that we just talked about rewriting your notes. Like I knew if I didn't have pictures, I would forget. I yeah. didn't want to forget. And I didn't want, yeah. I didn't want, um, even now, you know, Chad, like I have all these videos on YouTube about my breast cancer journey. And even now, like I'll go back sometimes and I'll watch them and I'll mm-hmm. cry. And, yeah. be, and I'll think to myself, wow, that woman is that I'm, I'm so sad for that woman in the video because I forgot that person. Right. Cause I've yeah. moved on and I've triumphed and I, right. you know, Today. I'm a different person now, but, um, you know, I didn't want to forget. I just, it was really important for me. And the reason why it was important for me is not to stay in that difficult place, but to remind myself that I've done difficult things and mm-hmm. that, um, Listen, this is, uh, I made a video recently that was, um, sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. That was about the, the commonality between coronavirus and being diagnosed with cancer and mm-hmm. how similar it feels, how much PTSD there is involved in this whole thing for somebody like yeah. me. And I've spoken to other cancer survivors that feel the same way. And I'm sure there's other people that have experienced other traumatic things that feel the same way also. That feeling Absolutely. of like, I don't know when it's going to end. I don't know how yeah. it's going to turn up. I don't know. You're not sure what's going to happen next. I wish I could have gone back and appreciated my life before this, right? Like, right, right, right. There's so many common things that when I was diagnosed with cancer that's happening now that makes it, um, you know, going through this is is very stressful. But I I can look back at those pictures. I can look back at those videos and go, you know what? You did it once. You're going to do it again. So I told you before. this was being, you know, I don't know when you started recording, but I told you before that I'm like, during this crisis, I'm like 90% chill, 10% freak out. Yeah. The, those 10% freak out moments, I have to remind myself, no, you've done this already. You have done this already. You yeah. survived. You can do hard things. We got this, you know, and it helps, you know, like having yeah. that experience under my belt helps. And, and those pictures remind me of that. Well, and I think that's, and it's in our business specifically, that's one of the reasons like that's one of the founding reasons for artwork and and wall art and even the like the fact that they're big you know what i mean it's like is that it's there it started because i think partially because i loved like oh i just love seeing this stuff printed and i used to think like oh i wish more of my clients printed things well then i was like well what if we help them do that and then i started realizing like well what if we help them do that and the reasons we were helping them doing that do that is because these photos do that they do that what you just talked about is like is every, it's weird to think about how much you actually remember, but to realize that in any 24 hour period, you're mostly just thinking about what's going on right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like for the most part, your life is really linear, linear in like hour by hour segments, you know, mm-hmm. but 
that we can and we have the capacity to live like bigger. And when these things are like right in our spaces and right in our homes that like, I, I, I try to stay away too much from saying like necessity, like, like healthcare. But to me, my mental health has done as much to promote health in my body as like physical healthcare things. Right. Of course. I mean, Is it, yeah. Sorry. I was going to say the, no, I was, go ahead. I just wrote about this in my book. The issues are in the tissues. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, when we, when we go through traumatic events, when we go through um, difficult times like this, we have choices. We either deal with it or we store it. And yeah. sometimes and I'm not saying one is right or one is wrong because for right now, right. We're, they just both have different results. Right. And in the moment, like, like when I had cancer and like now we're in survival mode, I guarantee you, this is going to be exactly like cancer was you you're yeah. in survival mode right now. You think you're panicking. You think you're scared. You don't even know what's coming. The minute, the minute this is over, everybody yeah. thinks you're just going to go back to normal life. And then there's not going to be that normal life again. We're going to have to remember yeah. what actually normal was and how we want the new normal to be. And so I think that, um, you know, you, you have the opportunity at that point to say, I'm going to deal with what happened in my life and not store the pain and not store yeah. the trauma, or I'm going to deal with it. And then when you store it, the issues are in the tissues. That's why people get high blood pressure and ulcers and cancer yeah. and heart attacks. It's not just eating too much, you know, red meat right. or whatever. It's also about, you know, what's going on in your body and your mind body connection. Yeah. There's a really good, I don't know if you've read, uh, Michael Singer's book. Um, uh, Oh wow. I'm going to bring up his name and then totally forget about what the book's called. I don't have to look it up. Um, but he talks about this idea of like, of, of storing fish in your closet <laughs> is like, is kind of these emotional things that you don't deal with. And these, and these pieces and parts, it's called the untethered soul. Okay. Um, but he talks about basically is like, is this energy from emotional things happen? And if you don't deal with it, it's kind of like a, you toss a fish into the closet. And then for some reason, like you open the closet at some point and you're like, oh, it's, it stinks so bad. And it's like emotionally you do that, like you explode or you have a moment where like something happens that you didn't expect. And then all of these things that you've kind of stored have to come out somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's this, I think that's a neat thing and a wild thing that we don't really consider with what we do artistically often is that what we have the opportunity to do. And it's not, again, it's not a right or a wrong. It's just, you realize there's more, there's more opportunity with what we do and the way that arts connect with a deeper part of who people are as humans, that we can, we can connect with these things. And then from that connection, give them something that's permanent and life altering on a regular emotional daily basis. You know what I mean? It's like, it's such a cool thing. And to see someone like you has, who's gone through multiple stages like this, where like photography has been part of it and part, I would say probably part of the permanence of the healing is that you've been able to like photograph it and document it and go back to it because you do forget it. Yeah. You do forget it. And that's okay. Yeah. It's part of human nature, right. part of us protecting ourselves. Right. Yeah, it is. And I think it, but I think to me, it, it brings up like what, like one of the really cool aspects of what we do and how we can give permanence to the actual value and the things that we decide in that moment. It's like, it's why I started getting tattoos in college was like, I want these things to be on my body in an obvious way that remind me of my story, remind me of my faith journey, remind me of the challenges because we do, 
And just like that, you know, we talked about last week is like in that moment of rejection, it feels like nothing you do matters. Mm-hmm. But to be able to like change where you're at and tell yourself the real stories and to connect with other parts of your life that maybe and if you just want to think about it, like simplistically, like prove that this is not the total truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it helps you not store that and continue that path. So, yeah. well, that was, I had one question. One other question was just kind of a, and maybe even a really good connection with this is like, what's one habit that you have chosen to practice that brings you success that maybe some of these things or some of these hardships that you've challenged, been challenged with have kind of highlighted and brought into like, I need to do this more often so that I can have more of this. So one of the things that I do, actually, you would think I have enough struggle and challenge in my life, but one of the things that I do is actually add challenge to my life. So I choose to do, um, to give myself sort of these challenges. Uh, sometimes they're 30-day challenges. Sometimes they're shorter, longer, whatever. Um, just yeah. to prove to myself that I can do certain things because it actually changes the chemistry of the brain. So like I my one year I gave up candy for a whole year. One year I did like- All candy? Yeah, all sugar? All, all candy. No, like no candy at all. No chocolate, no nothing. It was just- and I love candy. So for me, it was hard. Um, yeah. But I've done. I don't know anybody that doesn't like candy except psychopaths. It's amazing. Psychopaths. Um, I've done like, um, you know, I was vegan for a few years, vegetarian for a few years. I've done 30 days. juicing for a while? I've done all sorts of things. First of all, I think it allows for different experiences. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool, but also like I challenged myself. I had never run before. So I challenged myself to do a half marathon. Um, that's stupid. You know, it's it's, (laughs) so much fun, but, um, you know, I like to, I like to lay in bed at night and think of all the things that I have been convinced that I can't do and then go try to do them. Yeah. It's such, it, it's, I like that you mentioned that it, it changes your brain chemistry. And that's something that I've realized in my own self is like, is probably, I would say probably half of my early life was spent avoiding anything that was hard mm-hmm. because I, I didn't like the feeling of sucking at something. Yeah. Right. And I think for me as like a perfectionist, that was really hard. But when I changed the idea of like, this doesn't signify that you suck at it, what it actually signifies is that you have a way to get better at it. Mm-hmm. And like, I started looking at, that's part of the reason that I have enjoyed CrossFit and like, you know, it's not a, it's, it has nothing to do with the fact that I think like CrossFit's the best thing in the whole world. But for me, it's really hard. Yeah. And like every week when I go in there and I see what's written on the board, I, most weeks I'm like, God, I don't think I can do this for that long. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like run a mile and then do a hundred burpees. And I'm like, I don't know if I can actually physically do that. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, like I'm doing it and I'm like, well, I got this far. Like I'm going to do the next thing. Like my mom came and picked my kids up one time and I'm laying on the floor, like heaving, trying to catch my breath. And she's like, this does not make me want to do that. And I'm like, you know, what's crazy is doing this, everything outside of this. I had a coach used to say this all the time. Everything outside of that 30 minutes, the rest of the day is going to seem easy. Right. Like no matter what else you have to deal with. Right. And it's like that, that has been such a key component for me um, to like build into my own belief system about my world that like I can do hard stuff. Yeah. I do it all the time. Right. I do a lot of Muay Thai, you know, Thai kickboxing. And that was one Mm -hmm. of the things that I took on after my first reconstruction surgery, where I was like, I can't move my body. I can't hold a pad. I can't do a push up. So instead of like feeling bad for myself, I'm going to go sign up for something that I can't physically do. (laughs) Super really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 
I love it. It's, I've been doing it now for, I mean, I went back after my last surgery, I went back four weeks later and I was like, I can't do anything, but I just want to be here and I'll do squats yeah. if I have to. Like, I don't care, but I'm not letting yeah. this go another day. And the yeah. thing is about that is that for me, um, I do very well around other people in that type of community. We have a really tight knit group of women that do it together. And I yeah. always feel like, um, you know, the women all have their own struggles. Some are older, some have other health issues or whatnot. And I sort of put, they don't know this, but I have sort of put myself in a position in my own mind, like, no, I need to show them all that if I can do it, they can do it too. So yeah. there's no excuse. Like I had chest yeah. surgery. If I could do a push up, why can't you do a push up? You can, you're lying <laughs> to yourself if you can't, you know, I try to, I tend to tell myself that I'm that guy at our gym. I'm like, I'm the chubby CrossFitter. I'm like, if this guy can do it, like, I don't know what I'm not doing. So that, I mean, the thing is about that is it's not, it's not coming from a place of narcissism or ego or whatnot. What it's coming from is a place of you know, I'm really proving it to myself. You know, it's really not yeah. about proving it to them. It's about proving it to myself and putting on that responsibility in moments where things are really difficult and you can't um, upkeep that commitment to yourself. You can always keep it to other people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a huge deal to be able to, I just, I liked how you, like how you've recognized that that was like, that's what it was is like, is, is that's part of my morning formula is like when things get challenging, I excel. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's, it's me living up to my own standard. It's me living up to my own belief that this is the kind of person that I am. Some days it's really motivating. Some days it's like, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah. And some days it's like, hey, bro, are you being are you being a slacker, lazy ass? Or like, is this, are you going to live up to right. the person and, you know you are? And I think that that's the 10% that we've been talking about right now, because I, I'll tell you what I'm struggling with the most right now besides being worried about losing my business and paying bills and all that other stuff, what I'm nervous about is like, these are the moments that I excel. And I put, mm -hmm. I put so much pressure on myself to say, are you excelling right now? Are you showing up the way you want to show up? Are you, yeah. you know, what are you doing? Are you giving back? Are you doing in the same time where I also need myself to show up for yeah. me, you know? So like yeah. the mornings where I don't feel like getting out of bed and on a normal day, that's not acceptable. I never not get out right. of bed ever. Like I've right. never, ever put my kids on the bus and gone back to sleep. That just doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. These past few weeks, I'm like, ah, what's the difference if I get up at seven or eight or nine, you know, like I'll just lay in bed a little right. bit more because I feel like I need the rest right now. So there's definitely a pull right now between like showing up for everybody and taking care of myself and which mm -hmm. one is it going to be on a, on a daily basis and feeling a lot of pressure to show up as a leader in, for my community in yeah. this moment, you know, and it's tough because they're asking me tough questions that I don't have the answers to. We've never been through this before, you know? Yeah. Right. But I think that's the cool thing is, is that, um, and we were just talking about this before we started recording was, is like, even when you realize that you're challenged is like, that's the thing is like as a leader or as someone who is used to being a leader, it's not that you're immune from challenge or immune from even struggling against some of the things you teach is like, but the, the thing that I think I tend to overestimate is like, that everybody deals with it in the same way, yeah. right? Is we, we tend to overestimate our weaknesses and underestimate our strengths yeah. is like, I think, well, everybody's dealing with it in the same way. So they, like, they don't need my help with it or they don't like, I'm struggling with depression right now. Like I can't go talk to other people about how depression works. Like, but what I don't realize is like, is that what I'm not doing is like repeating that cycle over and over and over again with no way out. Right. right. It's like the, the length of time that I'm dealing with it is like dramatically shortened because 
I'm able to recognize it and be self-assessing. And those are things that like, even if I can help people do those processes, it's not about like knowing the right answers. It's just like you said, a habit that you practice is like, it's not that you know how to get through every difficult situation, but one of the things you've recognized is that you can do tough stuff. And so you freak out differently in tough situations, right? And sometimes it's just a solidarity. It's just to say to people, listen, I don't answer. I'm struggling too right now. I just want to know you're not alone. I, I, Right. Went on my Instagram page today and said that. I said, guys, I don't know what yeah. to tell you. I'm having a bad day. And I'm just telling you in case you're having one too, that it's going to be fine and we're going to get through it. Yeah. Tomorrow's a new day, you know, and maybe yeah. even an hour from now. I don't know. But the truth is that as a or as somebody that some people might come to for support, my whole thing is just to say I'm human too. Yeah. And I don't have all the answers. Yeah. Like I asked today right. in my, in one of my boudoir groups, like how how can I how can I support you guys right now? I don't know the answer, so tell me how can I support you? And there was a lot of answers. Like tell us how to keep our business going. Tell us how to book people after this. And I'm like, I don't know. When I figure it out, I'll tell you. But I haven't done that yet. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know. I couldn't help other people through their breast cancer journey when I was hooked up to the chemo machine. I could right. help them now because I went through it. So it's, yeah, um, it's interesting because I also, I see so much stuff right now, like on the internet, you know, about helping people through this, helping people through that. And I'm like, "Hmm, I'm not sure any of us have the answers. I think the big help that you can be right now is just holding somebody's hand and saying, I'm here. I hear you. I see you. I'm going through it too. And we'll figure it out together. Yeah. I, I think my, my response for myself is like, is I don't know how to get past it, but while I'm in it is like, I'm going to be very cautious of the inputs that I'm allowing. And I'm going to be very, I'm going to be very critical of the things that I'm listening to, you know, because that's, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say is because in those moments of looking for an answer, like looking past it is we tend to look for anything that looks like an answer um, and sometimes the things that are being taught is like you said, nobody really freaking knows. So they can, it's really hard for us to look at the projections of things and say, this is what's going to happen, or this is what's not going to happen, or this is how long it's going to be. And just saying like, it's like you just said, it's really hard right now. So we're going to be in it together. But while we're in it, we want to make sure that we're still doing the things that we would do in a normal life of like, we want to make sure that we're focusing on good things and healthy things and positive things. And we're one of, we want to, we want to, manifest our energy into the things that we can, that we can have influence on. Right. Yeah. And it's like, even those things make so much more use of the time that we have since we don't really know the answers. Yeah. And the one thing that I do have an answer to that I've just been saying over and over again to myself and to others when they reach out to me is that nothing in life is permanent. Everything is temporary. Everything is fleeting from the feeling that you're feeling right now to the financial situation you're in to this crisis. I guarantee it will be over. You have to have faith. It will be over just because we don't know. This is what I always say. Like this crisis has really made me aware of who in my life is a control freak because (laughs) the control freaks right now are flipping the F out. Yeah. They want a specific date. They want to know exactly all the details. They can't handle this. You know, for me, I say that I'm very grateful that I've had a lot of experience in surrendering to, you know, the universe or a higher power or whatever it is that you want to call it. And knowing that there's things you can control, there's things you can't control and you're wasting your time and your energy if you're trying to control something that you can't. And so instead of turning into like, when is this going to end? take that energy and put it into what am I going to do right now? What do I need today? What do I need in this moment? And it will pass. And we will look, even if it is three months, 
we're going to look back at some point and go, that was a blip on the screen, you know, right. really not right. that long of a period. Right. You probably have something that's in your car that's been sitting on your floorboards longer than this has been. I mean, existing. my to-do list, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm finally going to get to all these things that have been on my to-do list for <laughs> two years now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Really? I remember I just read this story and this is just because it reminded me of what you just said is um, they were interviewing a guy who had lived through a, a prisoner of war scenario and he was there for years. Oh, I heard this story. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, they said, you know, how did you do it? And he said, well, I just realized that I, it would end eventually. But he said what he realized is the people that didn't make it, that didn't survive, kept telling themselves like, oh, we'll be out of here by Christmas or, oh, we'll be out of here by Easter. We'll be out of here by summer. And they eventually died from what he said, died from a broken heart. It's like they died from their expectations of when it would happen versus just the fact that it would happen, right? And so like, because those, because of what you just said is it forces you when you look at, it will eventually be over, but what can I do now versus like, it's going to be over at April 6th. You wait for action until April 6th. And then when April 6th doesn't come, it basically like crushes your hope. Well, when you have hope that it eventually it will happen, that's different. Yeah. And it paralyzes you in the moment. I mean, yeah, you know, I just, I felt it really important to be able to look back at this time and say, I did something with it. I want to look back. I have a choice of how this memory is going to be. This memory can either be me sitting on the couch, getting fat, yelling at my kids and feeling depressed. Or I can look back at this time and say, you know what? I spent more time with my kids. I put some extra work. in. I mean, I wrote a book. Uh, You know, I, I took walks outside. I appreciated my time it doesn't mean it has to be perfect. And like every given moment, I'm like, I'm going to be like the queen of quarantine, you know, like there is no, there's no one way of doing it. I just want to know for myself personally, that I, that when my grandchildren ask me about this, I can say, you know what, this is what I did during that time. This is what yeah. I accomplished. This is the person I showed up as. I don't, the worst thing for me would be to look back and say, wow, I just became, um, uh, you know, unraveled mess. <laughs> like I just don't yeah, want that. Yeah. So I have to choose differently while allowing myself to have those unraveled moments and leaning into right. them, feeling them and then letting them go. Yeah. That's, it's something it's mental health said a lot is like park, don't unpack. You yeah. know, it's like, is it's okay to, to, to have some grace to like grieve and to be there for a minute. Just don't, set up shop, no. you know? No. And yeah, I'm like cool. cognizant of that. Like even this morning where I was like, okay, like I have, I yeah. have, I, I just wrote about this in my book too. Like, do you want to be a warrior or a warrior? And so like this morning I'm like, with your accent, it sounded like you said the same word same twice. Thing, know, right? <laughs> warrior or a warrior. Do you want to be a warrior or a warrior? <laughs> I have to make a decision in those moments. I don't want to be a warrior. That's not how I want to live yeah. my life. I want to be a warrior so yeah. does that sound different? So yeah, I, uh, <laughs> you know, to do that, you have to make different decisions and if they're not easy, yeah. they're not always easy. Yeah. Well, Hey, I really appreciate your time, um, and helping, helping just kind of navigate through things and thinking out loud. Um, I've always enjoyed our conversations and I appreciate you taking a little time today to, to talk with me. Thank you. Me too. Thanks for having me. It's good to see a face other than the three that I'm stuck with here all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for checking out the Goat Rodeo podcast. Please be sure to like and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Goat Rodeo podcast or on Instagram at the Goat Rodeo podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to be notified as soon as new episodes become available. As always, we thank you for your support and we'll see you soon.